Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Time for another edition of Sports Minutes. Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Hope you had a great Lunar New Year weekend. Lots of uh, results to discuss and some controversy as well. Yeah, wonderful weekend of football. Not just in the English Premier League, all across Europe, right? So exciting and like I mentioned last week, telcos were showing it for free, so I enjoyed it. Ah, well done. Uh, well, let's uh, talk about the big match uh, to start things off. Of course, a certain Arsenal beating West Ham 6-0. Initial thoughts from me. It was very uncharacteristic of a West Ham David Moyes side. Yeah, to down tools like that was quite uncharacteristic, like you say, right, of a David Moyes side. But I think, let's look at the Arsenal perspective and Last week, after they beat Liverpool, there was so much talk about overzealous celebrations. Mm. Are they getting ahead of themselves? But I thought to respond to that with this emphatic win over West Ham was a real statement in their hope to win the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair point that you you bring up there. And and again, right now, the conversation surrounds Arsenal's title chances uh, with Liverpool. It Perhaps it's a three-horse race. You're looking at Liverpool and wondering, at what point does the Jurgen Klopp resignation start to creep in, even though he's still there? Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be interesting how the remainder of the season pans out. But I tell you what, this three-horse race is really taking shape. And Gary Neville seems to be inclined to thinking Arsenal might win it almost. Here's him talking on Sky Sports about Arsenal and their title chances. When you actually ramp up your excitement and your anxiety levels on a constant sort of, uh, for a constant period and for a long period like they did last season, you know, I always go back to Zinchenko tooting his horn at the, at the fans after Bournemouth three months out, if you're thinking about that level of excitement and that sort of level of anxiety that he's got in them, that just saps energy. It's just proven fact. It's not a, it's not a sort of Gary Neville thing. It's the thing that happens. If you are constantly sort of here at full tilt, you do use up energy. They need to just remain focused and composed. And last season, they did lose their legs a little bit on the running. Young players lost their legs. So they just need to remain calm, determined, that face sort of keep the players fit. With Rice in the team, they're a lot better. Saliba's fit. They've got a really good chance, Arsenal. But they're up against Klopp. They're up against Guardiola and City and Liverpool. That's big. And Mikel Arteta, if he was to drive a bus through those two and sort of win this league this year, it'd be a monumental achievement. But he's in with a chance. And I think just making sure they just stay calm and composed is important. That's a bit of a philosophy in what Gary Neville said while he was speaking on Sky Sports, right? You're talking about becoming champions, becoming winners. Sometimes it's one thing to have the long-term view. And a lot of the times, especially when you're running a marathon, it's about just looking in front of you and taking that next step. And so far, Arsenal seem to be doing it. Yeah, exactly. Not getting too carried away with the bigger goal, right? Taking one small step at a time. And I think that's what Gary Neville is alluding to as well. And he makes a fair point. Arsenal are defensively so, so solid. I know a lot is made of not having a bona fide goal scorer, but it doesn't matter when you're getting goals all across the pitch like they did against West Ham. You feel that's a, a bit of a Mikel Arteta way, you know, he kind of feels, oh man, wait a minute, this guy, he signs players weirdly, Gabriel Jesus or Kai Havertz, but that way of a false nine seems to be working with Arsenal. You see that DNA within the club, the way they play, and I think, you know, one thing that has stayed the same since the Arsene Wenger days is Arsenal have grit in the middle mm. Declan Rice brings that yeah superb signing Declan Rice came for like 100 million pounds yeah. and with that comes worthy. pressure but he's lived worthy. up to the billing yeah. and I just want to make this point a lot of people go back to Arsenal and say oh they don't have the nows they don't have the experience of winning a title yeah. of course they don't but I feel they've learnt from previous experiences of going close and that's what's going to hold them in good stead this year having said that 
they do have Champions League football returning as well. So I'm interested to see how they're going to balance both. Tell you what, here's a team that uh, doesn't exactly have uh, the experience of winning a title uh, in recent times. You don't really think about them when it comes to the Bundesliga. Is it a two-horse race? Is it a one-horse race? Now it's a Bayer Leverkusen race. Yeah, Amazing. It- Superb, superb result. The the impact Shabi Alonso is having on this Bayer Leverkusen team. You spoke earlier in terms of whether Jurgen Klopp's resignation might have an effect on Liverpool, right? Yeah. With all the rumours surrounding Alonso leaving Leverkusen for Liverpool, I was wondering whether the wheels might come off almost, especially going up against this game against Bayern Munich. Yeah. But boy, they did put in a result and to beat Bayern 3-0 is huge. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, two people who certainly have nerves of steel is uh, Jerome Frimpong and uh, Remando wing backs that you know, take you back to the days of uh, I, I don't know if you remember Stephen Carr mm. uh, from Newcastle and, and Spurs even you know that kind of flying wing backs or oh, or oh, back in the day uh, the way Ashley Cole used to play while well, the the threat is from the wing backs my gosh and it's funny you bring up wing backs because Liverpool's hallmark is all about Andrew Robertson right. and Trent Alexander right. Arnold yeah. so again. I think Alonso is already passing this audition with flying colours. Is he the right man for the job? That was the question put to Peter Cech on Sky Sports. And mind you, Peter Cech is a guy who's been in discussions bringing in Chelsea managers, so he knows a thing or two. Here's the insight he had in terms of why Xabi Alonso will be a good fit for Liverpool. Well, you consider how good fit the manager is in terms of a style of football. You Obviously, you you conduct interviews, you speak with them, you want to feel what's their main... uh, targets, how, how they get along with, uh, uh, with their team about man management, wh- how they work with younger players, how they work with senior players, and, and as well, what is their expectation from the club, as well as their understanding of what club they are coming into, which Xavi Alonso which in this in case, case. Is, is very easy because he knows exactly what Liverpool uh, Football Club is about. He, he played there, so he had, he had a lot of success there. So that's that's very important. But then how much you know the current team, then you obviously make a plan to say, well, if I come over, I want to change 16 players. Then you just go, well, as a, as a, <laughs> you as know, a director of football, you go, <laughs> okay, this is going to be a problem. Right but <laughs> if, you, if you know that there is a, there is a, you are on the same wavelength, then obviously it, it, you know it's going to work. Better check speaking to Sky Sports there. Uh, the topic, of course, is Xabi Alonso. Why Xabi Alonso is a perfect fit for Liverpool. Here's a question to you. If Xabi Alonso wins the Bundesliga this year, has he proven enough? I think he has. First full flight. I think he has. I think he has because it's not just winning a league title, but breaking that that monopoly of Bayern Munich. I think that deserves extra credit. It'll be an extra star in Xabi Alonso's CV if he manages to push Leverkusen to win the title. But regardless of if Leverkusen win the title or not, I just feel Xabi Alonso is the shoe-in for the Liverpool job at the moment because Mm. he used to play for the club, like Peter Cech says. He knows what the club means. And then in terms of the brand of football that uh, Xabi Alonso plays... Similar, right? Exactly. And I I think the Liverpool fans will not take anything less at the moment. Yeah. I don't think they will settle for anybody else, maybe Ancelotti, but anybody else because Xabi Alonso is Liverpool through and through and Jurgen Klopp over the years has become Liverpool through and through as well. Ancelotti will never go to Liverpool because what do you say at uh, when he was at uh, Real Madrid for the Champions League final? I used to manage Everton, so this is a Merseyside derby to me. But you're right. And and Liverpool fans should dream of that, should expect that. It's, it's fair, it's normal. 
I don't know though. If I'm Xabi Alonso, I'm going, yeah, I've won here. Isn't the next challenge to maintain that? Maybe I should stay another season. Just look at Steven Gerrard. But then again, there are obvious differences. And I completely agree with you. I don't think the question should be, is Xabi Alonso the right guy? The question should be, is it too soon for Xabi Alonso? Yeah. And that lies the problem. And we've seen in years gone by, people who've come in to try and replace Arsene Wenger, Sir Alex yeah. Ferguson, yeah. they are burdened by their predecessors, not by their own doing. Burden, that's and, the right word. And, yeah. and is that yeah. something Xabi Alonso wants to take on? I don't know. But it'll be blockbuster if he does. Speaking of burdens, do you think Thomas Tuchel is got a chip on his shoulder because uh, yeah, he got away with it last season. Uh, but he kind of looks like he's in trouble with Bayern Munich. The, the problem with, for me, when I look at Thomas Tuchel and, 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 and Bayern Munich, they don't fit each other. They never did. Yeah, exactly. It almost seems like a marriage of convenience when Tuchel took over that oh, yeah, job, purely yeah, because yeah. he was in the market. He was probably one of the bigger names around and Bayern Munich liked their big name managers. And you talk about last season, he got so lucky. Dortmund basically handed the title to Bayern Munich. Yeah. And then since then, the Bayern board have backed Tuchel, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. signing Harry Kane for the money that they did, sure. giving him the tools to go out and achieve success. I think that's why Tuchel is on a very, very short leash at the moment. Mm. And worryingly, I think this, uh, the Bayern board have come out and said, no, no, Tuchel is safe. But you know what happens when the board is saying the manager is safe because very quickly they'll move. And Bayern historically have been quite swift in getting rid yes. of things that are not working. Well, so I'll be surprised yeah. if Tuchel sees out the season. Well, he, I, I checked. Uh, he's not booked any skiing trips. So <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. But you know, this makes you think that Jose Mourinho is perfect because you look at the past. What my heads feel. You know, the way they speak in press conferences, the way they have a commanding presence uh, in the Champions League. Maybe Jose Mourinho is the man and, you know, this puts him back into a winning team and immediate result. He loves that kind of pressure. Yeah, he certainly certainly does and that's the problem with someone like Jose Mourinho losing his job because immediately he becomes a viable option in the yeah, transfer market yeah. pressure is heaped on managers who are already facing the pressure and Mourinho if there's one league he hasn't tried yeah. yet that's the Bundesliga so why not could it be like I said about Tuchel marriage of convenience I don't know but I feel like Tuchel's on his last legs there will yeah. be a change eventually if it's Mourinho perhaps or somebody else it'll be interesting to see alright uh, speaking of which uh, big news over the weekend I, mm. I, I've heard quite a few podcasts on this I've got my my thoughts on this the blue cards, apparently that's on the, the back now. Yeah. Uh, so the blue card, the idea behind the blue card is basically the, the sin bin, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, like in, in American football terms. But uh, a blue plus yellow equals to a red. <laughs> and a few combinations, they were going to try this in the lower leagues, but now it looks like it's not very well received. Yeah, it's quite telling that deep breath you took before you brought up blue cards. <laughs> I think that's the general reaction for most of the managers. Not that I could include the deep breaths because it doesn't make for good radio, but here's a few Premier League managers speaking about the possibility of blue cards. I struggle to understand why this urgency all of a sudden to bring in new things. I, 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 don't, I, I'm, I don't know that there's that much wrong with the game as I see it. Um, my biggest issue with the game at the moment is, like I said, VAR has changed the experience. You know, beyond that, I mean, I, I don't know why a different colour card is going to make any difference. We should keep it as simple as somehow possible for the referees as well. No, it's a difficult job, we all know that. And I think introduction of a new card would just give more opportunities to fail as well because the discussion will be, it was a blue card, should have been a yellow card, now it's 10 minutes off. How I feel about the, the blue card, I think uh, it's going to create more debate, it's going to be more complicated to, to, the, to the referees, to the players, to the fans. 
So we've got Ange Postecoglou, Jürgen Klopp. Who's the last one? Mauricio Pochettino. Ah! <laughs> uh, they, of course, uh, speaking there, courtesy of the Independent. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, Sid Bin card? I think I'm with all three managers who spoke <laughs> that it does add additional layer of confusion for the league, right? I think you shouldn't do things for the sake of doing things. This move, because you touched on making reference to American football almost, right? It seems like a bit like we want to do something new, therefore we're going to implement this. Fantastic that you bring it up <laughs> and that's why I love it so much because uh, one day when I become some kind of a corporate consultant, I will assess a lot of bosses, I think a lot here in Singapore as well, and say you are a blue card boss because uh, you got so many problems. But wait, let's distract everyone at work by creating a new system. I, 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 think, I think you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. Exactly what they're doing, right? There's so many other things these time could be used yeah. for. Instead, they want to implement something new. And It's like American politics, no? Let's not talk about inflation. Exactly. Let's talk about gender neutrality in toilets. C- confusing. <laughs> yeah. confusing. Confusing people for everybody. no reason. Yeah. And, and it's unnecessary. And I think the fans have enough trouble grasping VAR and yeah. shortcomings already. There's no need to add blue cards to it. How about send the refs for more training? Perhaps. Send them to deal with, I don't know, like a, a kind of course where you deal with strong players or loud players. You know, all these things... Why not talk about pay for the referee in terms of improving all of that so that it's a viable... Get ex-players to come in as, as referees if you can find a deal that's lucrative enough, improve the game. And exactly that. And one final point I like to make, we talk so much about blue cards and the confusion it'll cause, right? We see games these days having 8 minutes stoppage time, 10 minutes stoppage yeah. time. You add this blue card drama to it, the, the halves will go on for one hour and beyond, you know? Okay, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Uh, who do you think in the current time will get the most blue cards? <laughs> I mean, it has to be Casemiro because he's getting cards for fouls he's not even making. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.